You're listening to What She Said with Candace Sampson, a podcast for Canadian women about Canadian women. A mansplaining free zone, What She Said is here to empower, educate, and entertain you. Today's guest embodies the spirit of transformation, resilience, and authentic connection. A former corporate executive who traded heels and suits for bare feet in the sand, she's journeyed from the concrete jungle to the heart of the Costa Rican jungle and from the African bush to the top of Everest Base Camp. Penny Light is not just a life adventure expert, yoga retreat host, and certified practitioner in numerous fields. She's also a remarkable entrepreneur who founded Grit and Grace, a boutique that's more than just a store, it's a community. In a time where connection and community are more vital than ever, Penny's mission is to make everyone who walks into Grit and Grace feel empowered, confident, and part of something bigger. Whether they make a purchase, or not. This isn't about transactions, but transformation. Meet Penny Light. Penny, you might be the busiest woman I have ever tried to get on this show. I have been chasing <laughs> you down since last September. I think so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I'll just set this up. I met you in your store in Sable Beach. I was away on a girlfriend's weekend and I met you in your store in Sable Beach, Grit and Grace. And you're just a delight and we got chatting and you have a story that I think is worth sharing. So I'm very excited to have you here. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a wild ride. <laughs> Indeed. So I guess, I mean, I don't want to go all the way back to the beginning because I don't think we have enough time to go back that far. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe let's just start with um, what brought you to this point professionally. So where did you start professionally in your career and how did you end up the owner of retail clothing stores? That is a, a long story, but I'll try to truncate it for you. Um, I started my career off in consumer packaged goods, um, working for some Fortune 500 companies like Coke and Kellogg's. Uh, Pepsi even, um, and it wasn't, it was sort of just, you did what you were supposed to do back then. So 18 years later, I woke up not happy and feeling a little bit like my soul had been sucked dry. And on a whim, I, I quit my job and I sold my downtown waterfront Toronto condo. And I went to Vermont to, to be a ski bum with no real direction of what I wanted to do. And from there, I ended up with an opportunity to go uh, live and work with a wildlife film crew in Botswana, Africa, where I spent a year. And then I came back to Toronto thinking that if I went agency side, I could hone in on my creative uh, energies and be happier. And uh, that lasted about a year because I was still in corporate. Um, and so after about, after about a year, year and a half back in the corporate world in Toronto, I again quit everything and moved to Costa Rica <laughs> where I started my own travel and adventure company and also a marketing company. So I was working with high-end um, tourism properties like the Four Seasons, Park Hyatt um, and creating brands in Costa Rica around tourism. And I was also hosting retreats all over the world for women just like you and I who wanted to connect. and. 
um, see a new place and go on an adventure trip. Um, and then when COVID hit, absolutely everything shuttered for me. Tourism got hit. I mean, I, I, everyone got hit in many different ways and angles, but I think tourism really took the brunt of it, obviously, around the world. And all my contracts came to a grinding halt. All my retreats came to a grinding halt. I was refunding money left, right, and center. My partner at the time was in Canada. And so after much back and forth, we decided it'd be best if I came back here to wait it out. <laughs> and that wait out took obviously, as we all know, a very long time. So when I got back to Canada, I went shopping and you know, mid forties at the time, I'm 48 now, then I was 44 and 45. And I was so disappointed in the retail landscape, not just what was available for women my age, but also just the experience of you know, connecting with the salespeople or connecting with the, the clothing in the store and feeling youthful and a way to express ourselves. And, you know, I, I found nothing. And it was also very gray. Canadian fashion can be very black and white and gray when I came from this very colorful Latin and African culture. Um, so I decided to start my own store. I had an itch, I scratched it, and I opened up basically my dream closet my dream closet, but also I really wanted a space to connect with other women um, and meet other women because I'd been away from Canada for so long and I'd created such a great tribe elsewhere, but I was missing that here. So I wanted to meet people like yourself. So I <laughs> I really love the, listening to this though because it feels to me like everything you've done to this point is now rolled into grit and grace a little bit because you Absolutely. you have that agency background, the you know, you've been in corporate, so you get all of that. Obviously, strong business background. You've traveled the world. You, you know, you're very familiar up on fashions and things like this. But then you also, and I, I did a little reading about you. You have a absolutely insane amount of accreditations: certified yoga instructor, life coach <laughs> practitioner. <laughs> oh yeah, mindful eating practitioner, personal trainer, spin teacher, surf set instructor. It goes on, and I just I can't help but you know think, how do all of those things also play into how you conduct your business? Connection. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, and you know that's one of the key things I thought was really missing on the the retail landscape here in Canada was there was no real connection between the shopper, the clothing and the brand um, and I do believe well we are you know all brands there's a human behind it and there's human connection and especially coming out of COVID and during COVID I think connection was something we were craving more than anything um, but then again particularly I come into our age bracket or my I don't know how old you are my age bracket but I think more and more as we get older as women it's important that we we connect on a deeper level and I think we're craving that so um, all that accreditation and all that training, um, really the core of it is is a deep and meaningful connection with others and that we're all in this together, like the mindful eating, the yoga practitioner, like all of that is what brings us together. And I think, you know, working together and connecting together is, is ultimately the goal of Grit and Grace. And of course, the name, you know, we're made of stories of Grit and Grace as women, we all have them. It is interesting to me, though, that you are opening up stores at a time when a lot of stores are opening down and people are going towards this online shopping experience now personally I don't really enjoy shopping online I can't touch it I can't put it on I don't know how it's going to hang so I like being in stores but that does it seems to be the world's not going that way 
So how, how are you bringing people into your stores and making them repeat customers? Uh, we host a lot of events, so we do some really fun things. So we actually have yoga in store that we offer. Um, we do tarot card readings. We have a sound healing journey happening in Ossington. We actually have a grit and grace community. So we have a book club that, of course, started online um, during COVID, but now is happening more in person. Um, so hosting events in store, so it's not just a shopping experience, but we're bringing people together to connect and then maybe there's a little bit of shopping on the side, which is great. Also, again, I think my target market, we, you know, we don't want to, we don't want to shop online for that very reason. We want to feel, we want to touch, we want to know how it looks on our bodies. And, you know, I might argue that actually, I think more retail is moving out of online and more back into bricks and mortar because people want that connection and they want that experience um, when they're in the store and they want the help. So that's really missing online. Um, I personally am not an online shopper. Our online business is not, um, it's small. Could it be greater if I worked it? I, yes, but it's not my focus because I really want that meaningful connection to happen in store with the brand, with the clothing and with our salespeople. So you're doing this a little bit different though than other retailers in that you're building a community around the space. And that's, yes. is that more important to you? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it, it is. And you know, fashion, I, I, I wholeheartedly believe that we can express ourselves through fashion, fashion. You know, it's like a form of art, right? When we go out and we feel good and we're wearing something that's true to our identity and an ex extension of our own selves or our self-expression, you know, we feel good doing that. But you can't, I don't think you can outfit yourself like that with a little bit of connection and a sense of community where that came from. It's, you know, they're storied pieces. We're storied humans. So... Um, first and foremost, absolutely, it's about community and connection. And you know, when I train all of my staff, and you know, my CFO, who also is my fiance, cringes when I say this, but I, the first thing I say to them is, we're not salespeople. And if 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 they leave having had a great experience, empty-handed, that's fine, because they will share that experience, and they've left happier than when they arrived, and they'll probably come back. And if it's not for them, they know somebody who it's for. And they'll share that, you know? So first and foremost, I always say, make sure that they leave feeling better than when they came in and make sure that they've connected with you on some level and make sure that they've had a meaningful and joyful experience. And in the end, that translates to sales. In my my, my experience, it does, yeah. You, you mentioned earlier that you spent a lot of time in, in Africa, in Botswana, uh, Costa Rica. What are the things you learned in those countries that you think we should embrace more in Canada? That is such an awesome question, and I love it so much because it's community. It comes right down to the very thing we're trying to form in Costa Rica. You know, Costa Rica is, um, you're probably familiar with the saying, pura vida. Mm -hmm. It means pure life, and, you know, it's not just a thing that they say. It very much is an embodiment of their existence. So it's community first. It's family first. It's, um, you know, here you have to book a year in advance <laughs> for a podcast or even just to see your neighbor, you know, and it's, it, you know, there you just show up on the doorstep and the doors are open and you're welcome. Very much the same in Africa too. And I think it's in these countries, you know, the emerging markets or, you know, the, the second, third world countries where, you know, things don't matter so much and the glorification of busy isn't there where they really have to connect deeply as a community, as families. Um, so a hundred percent, we are missing that here. And I hope through grit and grace that we create a little bit of that in every area that we open, every town that we open in. 
Yeah. Tell me about the name Grit and Grace. I, I, I love it personally. I, and I think, as you said, it, every woman sort of embodies those two things. But how did you decide that that would be the name? And what does it mean to you? Uh, I, the decision to make it that was because, you know, I have a very, as we all do, many stories that have made up who I am today that I wouldn't change, but, you know, some of them very difficult, some of them also very joyful and celebratory. Um, and, you know, the grit to get through them, especially in opening this store. And, you know, when I came back to Canada, I was not just opening a retail store, but I was repatriating back into a country I hadn't been in for 10 fully years for all intents and purposes and um, starting a new relationship, cohabitating. I was very good on my own. There was two children, uh, two very beautiful young children, but it was literally instant cohabitation, instant parenting, a brand new business, repatriating during a pandemic. So I had no driver's license. I had no health insurance. Like all of that had to be taken care of. Um, and there was a lot of grit involved in that. And because there was children and a loving partnership, you know, I had to embody the grace to, you know, get through it in a meaningful way. So, um, and again, I think the name, it makes me smile because most women, almost all women come in smiling and saying, I just love the name because you can connect with it. I think all of us can, can understand the grit and grace that's involved in, you know, grinding through and doing what we need to get done but in the process, seeing each other's hearts, you know, so it's, yeah. So you're here now, you're building this business, you are right into it. How is that matching up with your need to go and travel and be places? Like, do you, do you constantly feel conflicted now? It's like you, you've known me my whole life. Uh, yeah. Pretty much, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> every single day so there are plans in place so you know they there was plans in place to open a store a year this year we're opening two stores by complete accident the the first store in Toronto was supposed to be the well and long story short it was a delay we buy six months in advance so Ossington was sort of a place to put the inventory, which has now become a very permanent fixture. <laughs> we signed a five plus five there, and the well is still happening. So with the exception of this year being absolutely bananas, um, the plan is a store a year, and I want to start traveling again to source product. So one of the things too that I wanna bring into the business is I wanna feature, there's so many beautiful female designers on in these emerging markets in Latin America and in Africa that I wanna showcase on our stage here and tell their stories. So I want to be able to source at the source and not just through fashion houses, even though I'm very particular about the brands I bring in. Um, and also I'm gonna launch my retreats next year in combination with Grit and Grace. So I wanna be able to bring the Grit and Grace community on these amazing adventure retreats um, all over the world as well. So it's coming back. So you're gonna- <laughs> And you're I have had the opportunity to travel a little bit. So since. you're gonna pull it all together in under one umbrella at, at one yeah. point, that's the, the goal. That's the goal, yeah. Next year. Next, Next year. year. You'll, see, you'll see some grit and grace retreats, yeah. Adventure travel retreats. We mentioned all your accreditations, and so it seems to me like you've put a lot of practice into mind, body, staying, you know, present and focused. But we all get thrown off of our game. Uh-huh. And, you know, just when you were rhyming off those things, you know, a new partner, 
uh, suddenly you're a stepmom. You're, you know, it sounds really easy when it rolls off the tongue like that, but there's a lot of pain <laughs> and, you know, growth that happens in those spaces. So what did you do to, to remain centered? You know, what did you ha- where, where did you pull from to remain centered? Truthfully, I don't know that I did remain centered <laughs> throughout it. I it love was, that honesty. <laughs> yeah. No, it was um, it's still, it's much easier now. Um, it's still difficult. It was extremely difficult. It was a lot. That was all, you know, and during a pandemic, there's not a lot of support, you know, from, because you don't, you can't connect with your friends. And um, I think people got really into their own worlds um, more than ever. I was very alone in it all. It was a very lonely experience and it was really, really, really hard. It was a lot. So when people asked, it was those were the only two words I could come up with was it was a lot. And um, actually I um, lost my own practice, my yoga practice. I, I wouldn't, today would not teach. I wouldn't feel comfortable teaching because I don't have my own practice. And that was something that really grounded me prior to taking so much on in my life. Um, gosh, to answer that question, what did I do? I mean, I have a very supportive and loving partner. He, there, I don't know that there would be anyone else on the planet that could have like held me through, held space for me through all of that. Um, so that definitely helped. They're also wonderful children. So they are amazing, amazing, amazing kids. I couldn't have asked for better stepchildren. Um, so that helped. But to be honest with you, I don't know that I did remain super centered <laughs> through through all of it. I think I'm just now starting to get back a little bit of um, my own personal sovereignty, which I had a lot of <laughs> prior to all of this, um, and taking time and space to myself. And it's actually come with the Toronto store in that, um, you know, I'm, I have a place in Toronto where I'm staying, so I have a little bit of space that I can call my own, a little bit of, you know, de- independence away from the kids and the partnership and the business and all of that. So it's, and you know, building that tribe now, it's taking about three years to start getting some friends back into the city here. And yeah, I mean, truthfully, no, I don't know that I did remain terribly centered through all of it. I'd I'd like to actually go down that path about friends a little bit, because I think for me, that's the only thing that got me through the four hardest years of my entire life were were my girlfriends. And I don't think I could have done it without them. And I hear all the time that women are having a really hard time making connections, making friends. Uh, What are your thoughts on that? Um, I have an incredible group of women in my life. The problem is they're in Costa Rica or Botswana. (laughs) Yeah, not, not exactly coffee date people <laughs> not coffee day. and you know I have a couple of friends here who have been my friends for a really really long time who I've been able to reconnect with um I, I think also as you, you get older and you know I say this with all humility but because I have traveled and lived abroad and done these different things connecting becomes even more difficult um where you're find people that who can relate um you know when I came back from Africa I, you know people ask People would ask how it was, but then the attention span draws very short. So there's a little bit of reverse culture shock because there's there's an inability to relate to an experience that you had unless they themselves have done it, if that makes sense. So I got very used to the, you know, the very short answer, oh, it was wonderful, it was life-changing, on to the next thing, you know? So that also can be a very lonely, um, not being able to share your experiences living abroad. 
um, with people here. So um, I don't know if I'm answering your question. But, but have <laughs> you have you made new friends now in Toronto that you you know or uh, Canada you know that you regularly connect with? Mm, no. <laughs> See, okay, that's interesting. So, I, yeah. why do you think that is such a struggle? Because you're not alone. No, I'm not alone. Um, I don't, you know, I don't know. I'm starting to, like I said, I'm starting to now. I had coffee with a couple of lovely women last week. Um, and I think it's just, again, it's the glorification of busy here. Right. You know, everyone's very busy. And, you know, I'm also very busy, but I think we need to make time for the really important things in our lives, which is connecting with, with each other. Um, I, I, you know, I think it mostly is that, you know, everyone's busy. Right. You know, parenting, working, doing their thing. Um, and just not, or they've been here and they have their established friendship groups and they're not expanding them. Um, yeah. Oh, well then I'm going to, I'm going to bring you into my friend group. That's it. I'm <laughs> pulling you in. <laughs> We're always accepting new applicants. You're in Ottawa. <laughs> it's better than Botswana. It is better than Botswana. That is very true. I did fly my best friend in from Costa Rica for the opening of Ossington, and that was incredibly special. And so I that saw was... that, and I loved actually. Uh, so yeah. you did post. I encourage people to go look at your your account. Uh, you know when this is over, because you did post yeah. a lot of pictures there. Yeah. Um, what about as a leader? Uh, how do you? How do how what is your leadership style like with the people in your stores and that you hire? Yeah, I think um, coming from a very strong corporate background where you were, it's I mean I'm aging myself now, especially back in the day where you were very much a number. I think it's changed now where there's diversity and inclusion and more compassionate leadership. But back then it was, you know, you were a number and there was, you know, the cooler talk and there was very little talk about feelings and that sort of thing. So I struggled with that. I am a deeply feeling person. In fact, it was like a diagnosis when I was a kid that I was like a very, very deeply feeling person. So the corporate world, when I say I was soul sucking, quite literally like sucked my soul dry. So in that, I'm very particular in my hiring and how I work with my staff, where it's I lead with compassion and empathy first and foremost. Um, everybody is allowed to share their feelings. They're allowed to have a bad day. I mean, obviously, there's fine lines about how, you know, that we have to be productive. Um, but we very much share and talk and meet on a regular basis. I empower my team, too, to creatively express themselves. So I give them a lot of... Um, anatomy to autonomy sorry to do their own thing and there's no such thing as a bad idea so they're always throwing ideas at me and very rarely do I say no in fact I don't know that I ever really do I usually say run with it um, so that helps as well we I'm very lucky I've had the same manager in Sable Beach for four years she's an OG which she was my very first hire and she keeps coming back every summer so that's amazing I've had the exact same manager in Guelph. She was the first manager here. She's been with me for three years. Um, and I think it's because of that. I think it's because I lead with empathy and compassion. And um, we're, we're, you know, I don't like them calling me boss. I hate it. <laughs> you know, we're colleagues and we're working, we're all working together to grow the business. So that's, you know, we work as a team. Let's talk about fast fashion for a minute because I feel like this is probably a sticking point for you. And just basically because I just what I gathered going through your store in Savile Beach last year, 
a lot of the clothing I saw was ethically sourced. It was, you know, uh, environmentally friendly, uh, and 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 smaller boutiques. I am assuming there are smaller fashion houses that you you procure them from. So, how do you fit into a fast fashion world? I hope I don't. <laughs> to be honest, I mean, if I get one more. I don't know if you're getting all these bots from Sheen. Yes, on a, Instagram, driving me nuts. Yes. Yeah. Every five minutes, it's like report block, report block. Yeah. Um, you know, and to be truthful, when I first, the very first year we opened Grit and Grace, um, because of the pandemic, we couldn't source from where I wanted to source from. So a lot of the sourcing came from LA, and I was incredibly uncomfortable with what was showing up on our doorstep and it was my mission to change it so i mean and i'm talking like wrapped in plastic and plastic like it was in, it was insane and it made me sick to my stomach and i wasn't proud of it and we changed it very quickly the first chance we could so while i won't say that we are completely all we are 100 percent ethically sourced i will say that um i don't know who can say they're 100 percent recycled or 100 percent sustainable but we certainly every brand we partner with has a sustainable story. And if they're not a hundred percent sustainable in their practices, they have a goal to work towards it. We do have some brands that are, we carry the most sustainable denim brand in the world, DL Denim. We partner with Echo Elf. They partner with fishermen all over the world and make recycled linens and wools and tech gear from their products. So we have some that are, that are you know extremely sustainable and then every single one of them have a sustainable story or they're working towards 100% sustainable practices and they're all ethical. That's very important to me. Um, and then we do feature, like I said, some some strong female designers from either Latin America or from Africa and that's direct to source. And I would like to go direct to source more. I hope my vendor partners aren't listening to <laughs> Um, who I love, all of them. Uh, but I would like to source a little bit more directly from you know, some designers um, in countries that deserve to be on the world stage. Yeah. And what about Made in Canada brands? Do you have a lot of focus there as well? Uh, I don't know. Um, it's mostly Europe, Latin America, and, you know, some from, from the States. Um, we don't have any Canadian made brands. They're very expensive. Um, that's not I'm sure I'll get slack for that, but it can be very expensive. And it's, it's, uh, truthfully, I don't know why we don't. Maybe that's something I need to look into, but it's just happened that most of it is coming from Europe and Latin America, and maybe because that's where I have connections. But, yeah, and yeah. I, I don't think there's, I think it, there's no harm, there's no, um, damage either that you just said that i mean you're you're growing at a rate that there's so much going on i can i can envision your day from the time you wake up until the time you go to bed because i just know how crazy that is right and so sometimes these things slip so that's not an accusation like how yeah. dare you not have any canadians no, no, I <laughs> but i understand how you know you're always just doing something so sometimes these things can slip by the wayside and I do understand that cost and I don't know how we address it because I would love nothing more than to buy stuff from Canadians all the time but yeah that my budget just simply won't allow it yeah and you know it's I'm a huge Naomi Klein fan I remember her book no logo from forever ago and reading that and going she's so right she's so right and like I think now you know we're 
flipping that book open and going, ah, she could, I mean, she could stand and say, I told you so very strongly. Um, and I think we're going to see a shift. I hope we're going to see a shift where it becomes where we start to bring some manufacturer practices back into the country where it becomes a little bit more attainable and affordable. Um, you know, I hope to one day launch a private label line as well, and maybe then that will be sourced and um, developed all here in Canada. Um, so yeah, stay tuned for that. <laughs> I love that. I love that uh, the private label uh, um, concept because then you'd be able to pull in all of the influences from your years of travel, uh, have it made in Canada and shipped right to your stores. How perfect is that? The perfect travel dress. That's that's what I'm on the mission to. The perfect. To what, so what's the perfect travel dress look like for you? A wrap dress. Oh yeah, but it has pockets, <laughs> right? The perfect wrap dress with pockets. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have pockets. Shoes that doesn't wrinkle. You can dress up in the evenings. You know. Uh, I love your story, Penny. It's it's so great, and I really do encourage people to go into your stores and experience them because they're fun. Especially your one in Sable Beach. I have some some pictures out front, and uh, it's a great Instagram spot for sure. Uh, I haven't seen your store in Guelph or Ossington yet, but I will make a point of it. Um, Ossington's pretty amazing, actually. I'm very proud of that store. So I think when you come, you'll love it. All right. So tell me then, what is the ultimate goal? for Grit and Grace? Yeah, so ultimately, I want it to become, you know, an even stronger community. So if we're opening a store a year and building that community and tying in the travel, as I mentioned, so we're gonna have hopefully Grit and Grace adventure travel retreats um, that will start bringing women together from all over the world. Um, store a year, up to 10 stores. Um, and then maybe somebody will buy it and I can retire. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Freedom takes life. <laughs> Let's close this then with this final question. What advice would you give to somebody who is thinking about going into retail at this time? Oh, wow. Um, make it an extension of what you truly believe in. I think if, you know, back to the fast fashion world, it is just that, it's fast fashion. And I think fashion has been a part of history for men and women, but particularly women forever and ever and ever as a way to self-express. So Grit and Grace is very much an extension of me and my experience and the world in which I've lived. And I hope to bring that to others. So I think if you're going to open a bricks and mortar store and you're going to, that it should be an extension of what you truly believe in. You know, I don't want to say fashion is my passion because it's not, but I think I have a purpose in life and that is to connect. I'm certainly a connector and I love connecting people. So it should be an extension of whatever your purpose is or whatever your beliefs are and stay true to that. Don't let anybody, I mean, I have a lot of people pulling me and telling me you should do this, you should do that, you should do this you know, and I try to stay as much as I can true to my purpose and my reason for creating Grit and Grace. I love it. Profit is important, but purpose is more important. And you, but you can have profit with purpose. Right. And I actually think it, you know, energy goes, money goes where energy flows. So it will, don't follow the money, follow the energy, follow the flow, follow your purpose and the money will come. All right. If people want to connect with you, uh, either find out about your retreats 
your stores or just generally what you're doing in life, uh, where should they go? Uh, my personal Instagram handle is at Penny Light, very easy. Uh, Grit and Grace Clothing is the business Instagram. Um, my retreat website is on pause, but it's Live Life Light Adventures, but that will change to Grit and Grace Adventures. <laughs> and of course, gritandgraceclothing.com. We're online. All right, incredible. Thank you so much for joining me today, Penny. Thank you, it's such a pleasure. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of What She Said. I hope our conversation today left you feeling inspired and empowered. I believe every woman's story is unique and carries lessons worth sharing. Remember, your journey with all its grit and grace is what makes you the remarkable person you are today. Don't forget to connect with me on social media and share your thoughts about this episode. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and subscribe so you won't miss out on upcoming episodes. Until next time, embrace your story, say yes to life's adventures, and keep adding to the conversation of what she said. Hey listeners, I'm Christy. And I'm Melissa. And this is Buried Motives, where we dig deep into the details of some of the most gruesome dirtbag murderers. She said she enjoyed hurting things that can't fight back. And that is a disturbing view into the mind of a murderer in such a dirtbag. Yeah, that's not even strong enough words. This is totally a recipe for disaster. And not to justify whatever is going to happen, but you can totally understand and see how this would be in the works. If you were only to look at what she did later on and not know any of that history, she would appear like off the wall crazy. Oh, 100%. Because we're not even close to getting to the end yet. But you can just see this pattern and all this kind of stuff developing in her, which is what we're here for. We're digging deep. Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirt bags that live among us and the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exhume the truth. It is your favorite girl. That's right. It's the Ali Mars, the one and the only. Everyone else just ain't me. I am the host of Welcome to Mars, a lifestyle podcast where nothing is off the table. I have come a long way from sex and dating and have transformed the new vibe to all things lifestyle. We still talk sex, but I'm more interested in the journey, where people have come from, how they made it, and where they're going. Subscribe or follow to a brand new look and a brand new era. Welcome to Mars. Subscribe or follow on Apple, Spotify, Google, or at theallymars.com. Because even with the new look, I'm still that same bitch you love to hate. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.